Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for subscribing. If you haven't already done that, please do that now. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, hit that like button, hit that that bell so that you can subscribe. And then it, what it's going to do is it's going to notify you whenever we go live. So make sure that you hit that so that you know what we're up to. Also, uh, if you're listening somewhere like I like uh, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any place like that, make sure that you leave us a rating and uh, write a review uh, just to help us build up our numbers. Those things are really good for us. So we appreciate those who've done that and appreciate you for watching. So the 49ers are back in training camp. This is their third day of training camp. They're actually practicing right now. And uh, I don't see anything coming through on uh, on Twitter. Uh, there's a there's an interesting article by uh, 49ers Web Zone. Uh, I'm not sure who wrote it, but uh, it says that it's all coming together for Ty Davis Price. Those are the words of Chris Forrester. So um, so let me see who wrote this. David Bonilla wrote it. So uh, go check that out, 49erswebzone.com, because Ty Davis Price is one that I really would like to see do some stuff this year. I like Jordan Mason and obviously like Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey, but if they can get start getting something from Ty Davis Price, that's going to be huge. So um, just strolling, scrolling through here real quick just to see if anything's happened in practice while I've been on here. I don't see anything yet, but I'll check back in a little bit. But what I'm going to do today is uh, at 49ers Web Zone, we released our latest mailbag just a couple of days ago. And so I'm going to go through those questions and answer those uh, so that we can uh, get ready for the mailbag session that will be next week. Uh, Mondays, we always open that up so that you can submit your questions. You can do that even within uh, wherever you're watching. You can you can do that as well in the chat. Um, and I'll check those and, and include them in the, the next mailbag uh, if I get a chance to do that. So, so let's get into this. Obviously, you're going to be interested in what's going on in training camp. You know that Brock Purdy practice for the first time yesterday looked rusty but that's okay the the biggest news is that he he was able to practice they didn't have any problems throwing the ball so that's great news so let's get to this mailbag so here's the first questions from dr wds what's the word on kalia davis most people thought he could go as high as the third round if he had not had the acl acl well yeah, Kalia Davis is a talented guy who uh, he's big. He's 6'2". He's not very tall, but he's 310 pounds, but he can really move. Um, the 49ers drafted him in the sixth round of the 2022 draft, which, uh, as, as Dr. WDS mentioned, he fell because he had an ACL injury when he was in college. But he, he, he didn't play, so he didn't play in 2022. So this is essentially, this is his first uh, training camp that he's in right now. And this is going to be his, essentially his rookie season. Uh, the 49ers did open up his practice window back in December. So he had uh, some days there that he was able to practice with the team. They just never actually activated him and put him on the, the game day roster. So he didn't play any last season, but he did get to practice some. So that's good. Um, but they're expecting a lot of good things from him. Larry Kruger really likes him a lot. He 
He said, Kalia has <clears throat> rare speed and quickness for a 315-pound defensive tackle. If he's physically right, he may add some serious interior pass rush. I love his potential. So a lot of people compare him <clears throat> to, uh, to DJ Jones, who the 49ers lost a, a couple of years ago uh, in free agency. And so <clears throat> if they could get that kind of, uh, of production from Kalia Davis, that would be huge. And so when you think about Bosa, <clears throat> whoever's on the other side, and then uh, Javon Hargrave, <clears throat> Eric Armstead in the middle, and then coming off the bench, you got Javon Kinlaw, you've got Kalia, Kalia Davis. This could be a, this defensive line could match that of the 2019 defensive line. And that would be great for the 49ers. So, so yeah, good things uh, everybody's expecting from Kalia Davis. And so the word on Kalia Davis is that he's ascending and he's now practicing and should be good to go. So Niner Jim asks, which rookies have the best shot at making the squad out of camp? <clears throat> well, it's going to be tough for any undrafted rookie to make the roster right out of camp. Uh, I, I'm guessing there's going to be multiple ones brought back to be on the practice squad, but uh, it's going to be tough for them because this is a really, really talented and deep roster. Uh, now, there are some locks. Among those are Jair Brown, Jake Moody, Cameron Latu, Darrell Luter Jr., Robert Bill Jr., D. Winters. I think probably Braden Willis is going to make the team as well. Uh, so the two drafted rookies that to me are question marks would be Ronnie Bell and Jalen Graham. Now, both of those guys looked really good back in the rookie minicamp and in the, the mandatory minicamp in uh, June uh, and in OTAs. They looked good. So maybe they'll both do really well, but it's going to be hard for uh, for those guys to make it. But I, I think both are really promising. <clears throat> I actually think I actually think that both are going to make it. <clears throat> but uh, I mean, Ronnie Bell, he could add something to the 49ers offense that they haven't had, and that's somebody out of the slot who could uh, who, who can play well. And Jalen Graham, maybe he ends up surpassing D winners. Um, but uh, so I, I think that all most of the drafted rookies are going to make it and maybe all of them. So I, I didn't really answer that question very well, but it's it's just so hard to know at this point, like for guys like Ronnie Bell and Jalen Graham, will they make it? Will Braden Willis make it? Who knows? But I, I'm really high on all of those guys. Uh, let's see. Doc asks, I keep hearing that the Bosa contract will be complicated. Why? He's the best at his position. He will get some, some percentage above the highest paid player minus a little based on the injury history done deal. Well, I agree that we, uh, we, we want Nick Bosa to get whatever he gets within reason. Obviously they can't pay him, you know, exactly what he wants or they couldn't pay anybody else, but on the outside, it would seem like this would be pretty simple, that, that they say, we'll pay you this, and that Bosa says, no, I want this, and they're able to meet somewhere in between and still make him the highest-paid defensive player in, in NFL history, which is what I think is going to happen. I think that he's going to pass Aaron Donald's um, record deal. But I, even John Lynch said on uh, on Tuesday – he said that this contract is more complex than others. So 
He didn't elaborate, so I don't really know why it's more complex than others, but he said that it is. I mean, and maybe it's because Bosa's family knows what they're doing. They're they're good at negotiating. They know what they want. They know what they're worth. And so the 49ers are good at negotiating, and so are the Bosa's. And so maybe that's what's complicating it. Maybe it's that the 49ers want to make him the highest paid at his position, but he wants to be the highest paid non-quarterback. And they're just not agreeing on that. I, I, but I, I'd say don't sweat it. They're going to get this worked out. It's going to get worked out soon. So don't sweat it. I think the first padded practice, I think, is going to be Sunday because they're practicing for the third time today. I think maybe, uh, the, and this is Friday, I think that they're off Saturday. Don't quote me on that, but I, I think that that's what, uh, what I heard. And so if that's the case, then I think Sunday they come back and the, the practice is padded. So this is usually it's one of the deadlines um, or the night before. And so it's possible that this could be done Saturday. It could be done Sunday. But even if it's not, I wouldn't sweat it too bad. Bosa doesn't need training camp. He's not going to come in um, out of shape like Debo Samuel did last year. He's going to be ready. Uh, so I'm not too concerned about it. And we also remember his rookie season. He really didn't practice much at all because he had an injury. And so he came in and, and still played that first game and uh, I think got, got his first sack or, and he kind of terrorized the quarterback throughout that game. And so I think that was against the Bucks, uh, Jameis Winston. And so Bosa was in his face a lot. So I wouldn't worry about him. He's going to be fine. All right. Next question is from Trey. He asks question for Brock Purdy, or I think it means question about Brock Purdy. How big of a chip on his shoulders does he believe that he has? Okay, so maybe this is a question for Brock Purdy. I, I mean, I, I think that Brock Purdy has a massive chip on his shoulders, and I think there's a handful of reasons why. First, he was barely drafted, so every team in the NFL passed on him multiple times. So that's going to give him a chip on his shoulder, if nothing else. I mean, he's not a big guy, so I would imagine coming up through high school and college, he probably was overlooked a lot, and he was probably counted out a lot. And so I think that he's just one of those guys that has a chip on his shoulder, and if he, if nobody's disrespected him, he's going to invent it just so that he can use it as motivation because this kid is really motivated. Uh, then he was labeled Mr. Relevant when he was drafted uh, last in the draft last year. And uh, from what I understand, he hates that. So that's probably not, uh, that's probably something that's going to add to the, the chip on his shoulder. He was overlooked by his own team until they had to play him. So it was Trey Lance and then it was Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy was an afterthought. And he was an afterthought until they had to play him. They were forced to. And so, you know, that's that's going to make you have a little bit of a chip as well. Uh, he was doubted each each week leading up to the game. The national media doubted him. Is this going to be the week that Brock Purdy comes back to earth? Uh, then he was injured in the biggest game of his career. Then he had to listen to Eagles players and fans say that his presence wouldn't have made much of a difference. So, yeah, I think he does have a chip on his shoulder. He's motivated. He came back to camp fast and uh, 
uh, earlier than the, what I expected him earlier than what anybody was reporting. I don't think anybody had him uh, ready to, 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 to be cleared right out of the gate. And so that's, that's huge. And, and so, yeah, I think he has a big chip on his shoulder. Next question is from Kenny. Which do we use more three safeties, a nickel and one linebacker or two safeties, three linebackers and a nickel? Well, I think it's going to depend on the situation and the team that they're playing. Um, because I mean, here, here, first off you have, you have two linebackers in Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw who are really, really good. And Fred Warner is probably the best in the NFL. Dre Greenlaw is probably not far behind. And so these guys need to be on the field. Then you have three safeties who you expect to be good. One's to Sean Gibson, who had a good season last year, but who knows what he's going to look like this year. He's getting older. Then you have Talanoa, Talanoa Hufanga, who really came on last year. And then you have Jair Brown, who they drafted this season. So I think, I, my guess is that by the end of the season, Jair Brown is going to be the starter over to Sean Gibson, but out of the gate, it's going to be Gibson first. So yeah, I, but I do think that they're going to try and get all three of them on the field at times. I think the situation is going to have to be right. I think it's going to depend on the team that they're playing, but, uh, but really when it comes to three safeties, a nickel and one linebacker, I mean, you want Warner and Greenlaw to be on the field as much as possible, I think. Uh, but I would not be surprised if Steve Wilkes tries to get the three safeties on the field at once, you know, ease Jair Brown in, you know, put him in there in spots uh, in three safety looks. I think that uh, I think that Steve Wilkes will be able to do some creative things like that. And maybe some of those things are going to be like to, to blitz Hufanga and uh, or blitz Brown and, and, and then ha still have that coverage uh, back there. So, so yeah, I, I think that we'll see both, but I think that we'll see two linebackers on the field more often than not, probably, I mean, we're going to see three linebackers on the field at, at times as well. So whether that's going to be um, D winners or Jalen Graham or Marcelino Mercury ball or uh, Oren Burks or whoever that's going to be uh, remains to be seen. Uh, let's see. Dr. WDS asked who is going to be the breakout player this year? Well, my response to that was, is Brandon Ayuk a candidate to be a breakout star? Uh, if he's not the candidate to be the breakout player, then obviously we can't have him. I mean, cause last year he had 78 catches for 1015 yards and eight touchdowns. That's pretty stinking good. Um, can he still be a breakout player? I think that he's going to go above that. I think that he's going to do better. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, I'm actually going to go with Drake Jackson. The 49ers need Drake Jackson to be that guy opposite Nick Bosa. And I think that he's, I mean, I saw I saw uh, some video of him out of training camp yesterday, and he looked like he was ready to, to knock some people around. So, I mean, he looks like he's in, in really good shape. Uh, I think that he's probably motivated. He learned a lot last season. And so I think that uh, he uh, should be really, really solid for the 49ers. So I expect 
Drake Jackson to be the breakout player. Um, and I think the 49ers need that. So that's my, my vote uh, that I'm going with. So Nick asked, who is more important to emerge out of training camp? Danny Gray, Diamador Lenore, or Drake Jackson? Well, definitely Drake Jackson. Like I said, the 49ers need him to be that guy. They need somebody to pressure the quarterback from the from the side opposite of Nick Bosa. Remember when they had um, had that in 2019 when uh, D Ford was healthy, they really terrorized quarterbacks. And so I think that he is. I, I think that Drake Jackson, if he has a chance to be somewhat of that D Ford replacement then that's going to be huge. So I, I think that Drake Jackson is definitely the guy. I I didn't pick Diamador Lenore. For one thing, he already kind of emerged. I mean, yeah, last season he had his ups and downs, but down the stretch he played really well. Um, the other thing is that if Lenore falters, then you have Samuel Womack, you have Darrell Luter Jr. behind him. Both of those guys could end up being better um, than Lenore. So who knows? Uh, where, whereas if Jackson isn't the guy, if Drake Jackson's not the guy, then who's it going to be? I mean, I, I like Robert Beal Jr., but he's a project, so he's not going to be ready this year. I doubt Kerry Hyder Jr. is going to be the answer. Austin Bryant, he's not going to be the answer. Maybe Cleland Farrell would be, but so far he hasn't shown in his previous seasons that he's going to be, so I don't know why we would count on him now other than the fact that he's with the 49ers and with these coaches uh and in this this scheme so maybe maybe he's going to show us something that he's never shown before but we'll see um i also didn't choose danny gray because drake jackson and diamador lenore are hopeful starters and so that's more important than what is essentially a third or fourth string wide receiver. So, so that what, in other words, if Danny Gray doesn't emerge out of training camp, then it's no big deal. It's just like last year, where if Drake Jackson doesn't emerge or Diamador Lenore doesn't, then that's a big deal because that means next guy up, you know, the, the 49ers are going to need somebody to somebody to step up behind them. Uh, where with Danny Gray, there's not really much behind him because he's he's still trying to be an up-and-coming player. Uh, let's see. Spencer asked the next question, who is leading the quarterback competition right now? So if we're talking QB1, then that's obviously Brock Purdy uh, because, he, I mean, Kyle Shanahan said on Tuesday that when Brock is in, when he's practicing, he's going to get the first starter uh, the, the first team reps. And, um, so he's definitely leading, uh, at this point, the backup quarterback, uh, position, which is the one that's up for grabs is still up for grabs. Nobody's emerged yet. There's only been two practices. Like I said, the third practice is going on right now. Uh, let's see, Matt Mayoko just posted, uh, four minutes ago, quarterback 49ers quarterback update practice three Brock Purdy, 11 on 11 reps, all with the first team. He had 21 reps and was six of 12. Uh, no big deal. He's rusty. You expect him to be rusty. Trey Lance um, had 11 reps. So those must have been uh, second string. He was two for five. Sam Darnold had 10 reps. He was three of seven. 
Brandon Allen had nine reps uh, in 11 on 11. He was one of four. So pretty terrible, <laughs> but it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, really, when you look at these stats, you're going to be able to go back and see that all of the beat writers that are there when they, when they put these stats, they're all different. And, and so it's, it's because it's hard when they're at practice, it's hard for them to see everything that's going on. Sometimes they're not as close as they want to be. And so they're going to miss some things. Um, and, and so, you know, don't put a lot of stock into, they, they do it because everybody wants to know what happened, but don't put a lot of stock into it. They don't put a lot of stock into it. I, I, doubt the 49ers put a lot into it because they're they're really focused more on on who's doing what they're supposed to be doing you know if Brock Purdy is 6 for 12 how many of those were bad throws how many of those were drops uh how many of those are, are balls that he just threw away you know so it's hard to it's hard to gauge that so I I wouldn't put much stock in uh in those but that is what uh what Matt Mayoko uh, reported or, or tweeted out. So, all right, let's get to the the uh, next, the, the last, actually the last question. So is from Dr. WDS. Have the 49ers figured out their injury issues? Hopefully. I mean, they, they just, good grief. Since, since, since the, since Kyle Shanahan got there, They've just been injury depleted. The The one season that they were pretty healthy was 2019. That's when they got to the Super Bowl. 2020 was just a train wreck. Everybody was injured. And 2021 was, was not, it wasn't as bad, but it's there still was a lot of injury that year and, and last year as well. So hopefully they get this figured out. Um, if you ask any 49ers fan, or anybody covering the team, what's your biggest concern about the 49ers? Most of them are going to say health. Some are going to say offensive line or secondary or quarterback or whatever, but most I think are going to say uh, health because if the 49ers can stay healthy, they're going to be ho hoisting that Lombardi trophy in February. If they don't stay healthy, then things are going to just continue to be the same way. They're going to make it deep into the playoffs and then the season's going to end in disappointing fashion. So let's hope that they have figured this out. Let me check Twitter one more time just to make sure nothing's happened while I'm on here. Um, do, 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 do. Uh, don't see anything. Uh, let's see. Eric Branch said Brock Purdy completed six of 12, which is what. Uh, um, Matt Mayoko said, uh, Matt Barrows, uh, let's see. Uh, he was just mentioning that, uh, Trent Williams did not, uh, did not take part in individual drills, but was on hand for all of the 11 on 11 stuff. So yeah, the 49ers are well in, this is day three. And so, uh, keep following the, uh, the 49ers Camelot show uh, or you can find me on Twitter at 49ers Camelot and keep following me there uh, because I, I'll retweet things that uh, that different people post. And so that way 
do my best to keep you updated if you don't already follow some of the beat writers there. So thanks again for watching and don't forget to rate review and follow the 49ers Camelot show. Everybody have fun out there.